Hello and welcome to the Bad Asian Podcast, the world's most inconsistent podcast. I'm your host, David Nguyen, and joining with me, as always, is... Imran G. Hey, Imran, have you ever seen yourself eat? No. It's, hal- it's hilarious because you ordered a sandwich, Yeah. but you eat it Indian style. Oh, like I just ate it with my hands? Yeah, you eat it with your hands, but it's not like you pick up a sandwich... Yeah, and just eat it. You kind of mush everything around, and you pick it up with that kind of Indian pinch. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just watching you. Like, who the fuck eats a sandwich? Like that? You're still eating it with your hands. Why do you do that? <laughs> you know why? Because I can't. <laughs> do you know that you're doing that though? I didn't want to eat the bread, so I, I just get. grabbed the chicken yeah, and I even, dipped it in the fucking uh, still. ketchup. And then I ate it. Why are you attacking my character still, right now, David? When you eat, when you pick it up, you still pick it up with that Indian pinch. Well, you know what? <laughs> seventeen years of that ingrained behavior is not just gonna go away one day. You're not seventeen years old. Well, that's how old I was when I left the house. So I ate that way for seventeen years. I, I'm pretty sure you learned it a lot longer than that. Probably at least twenty-eight. How old were you when you start feeding yourself? Eighteen. Twenty-one. No, you eat with. Forks when you're like a little kid. Maybe at your house. At a certain age, <laughs> parents stop feeding you uh, unless this is like a oldest Indian male thing. Yeah, it is. It's uh, so your mom keeps feeding my you mom, up until you're twelve. My 12. mom regurgitates <laughs> her food into my mouth because I don't have to chew it because I am the firstborn, <laughs> and that is one of the benefits of being the crown prince. And then after a while, she just spits it on a plate, and then you learn the yeah, pinch. Yeah, and then you learn the pinch, and then you just swallow it. That's how it is. Chewing is for peasants. <laughs> Your culture is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you watch the season finale of Atlanta? Yes, I did. Okay. You want to recap it real quick? No. Why? Because I want you to recap it. I meant, do you want us to talk about the oh, season finale? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was weird. Yeah, I did see it. You want to talk about it? No. (laughs) No, I want you to recap it. I'm still reeling from my eating comments. What do you mean? My observation that you eat like an Indian person all the time? How dare you? (laughs) Is that also how you eat like bite-sized stuff? Like if you have uh, French fries or chicken nuggets? I do. I actually, I do the the pinch when they're French fries, like a mound of French fries, and then I just dip them in and then eat them all. Indian fist till I die. It's not a fist. It's if like a, anybody it's doesn't know what the Indian pinch or fist looks like, uh, imagine an Italian yelling at you and then turn it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Yeah. If you guys don't know what an Italian yelling at you looks like, how would you describe it? Um, just, uh, just go to any. If old you were school. to like make a. Uh, like a swan mm-hmm. out of your hands. Yeah. The silhouette of a swan if you're doing shadow like a, puppets. Like a duck. Yeah. Yeah. And then use that to, to crane food from the <laughs> plate into your mouth. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's how Emron eats. Yeah. <laughs> and I only associate with his Indian culture. <laughs> Do you think other Indian people eat like that? Yeah. Like with all other foods or is it just something that a habit you did developed? Uh, it's probably a habit that I've developed. Okay. That's weird. All right. So, initially, what were your thoughts on... You know what? Let's go through the episode, scene by scene. Sure. And see how you all felt about that. Okay. Okay. The 
episode opens with Ern and Van at a parent-teacher meeting. What right. is that called? Parent-teacher? Yeah, it's a PTA conference. Not a conference, is it? Yeah. Conference is like hello people. Oh, well, I just thought they were called PTA conference. Okay, maybe it's just a meeting, a parent-teacher yeah, yeah. meeting. Okay. Anyways, they're at the... Um, What's the little kid's name? Lodi? Lottie? Yeah, Lottie. Apparently, Lottie is gifted. Mm-hmm. They find out, and they are advised to enroll her into a good school, a right. private school, because mm-hmm. the school that they go to is shitty, yeah. as per told by the teacher. <laughs> Were your parents ever called into your classroom and told, Emron's very advanced, you need to take him to a good school? No, I got... Did you go to public school or private school? I did. School? I went to public school in the beginning, and they pulled me out, and I got into a GT program. A Jeez. Gran Turismo program. A Gran Turismo <laughs> program. Because I was amazing. <laughs> you should see me on the track. I hug curves like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> what well, was a GT program? Uh, a gifted? gifted and talented. So I was in there for science and or reading and math. Where they say, everyone's gifted and talented. You're like, ah, but not in athletics. Oh. <laughs> and my parents were like, yes. <laughs> Damn, it's never the cool electives. No, man, it's that's one of my goals in life. So wait, I, what? Science and math? What about reading? No, it was reading and uh, reading and math. Oh my it bad, was, it I was am not gifted and talented at listening. <laughs> <laughs> Remedial. Yeah, were you in anything like that? I don't think I applied myself. Okay, I didn't learn I was smart until after I quit school. Because <laughs> growing up, uh, there were obviously like the smart kids. Yeah. I didn't know that they were smart because they come from a two-parent household. Oh, and okay. I thought I was not gifted because I came from a broken family. But I didn't know that. Oh, that's so sad. It is, yeah. I mean, that was kind of addressed in the uh, episode where because they couldn't afford to take Lottie into private school because right. they didn't know where they were going to get the money. Mm-hmm. They asked if there were cheaper alternatives yeah. and the teacher said, well, you can keep her in a two-parent household and they just looked at each other it's like, private school it is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you go. If you want your kids to make it, either you have lots of money or be happy with your spouse. It's the only way. But I- it does say... Money fixes everything. It does. So there you go. It does. I feel like the moral of that story is if you hate your marriage, all you have to do is make a lot of money. Yeah. And then if you can't find fine. love, find money. Find money. If you can't find money, find love. <laughs> it's one of the two. Otherwise, you are fucked. Or don't have kids. Or your children are fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah your children yeah, yeah. are fucked. You'll your be fine. But your children are doomed. Yeah. So you were in the gifted program? Oh, me. Yeah. Do you, um, did you miss your old dumb friends? <laughs> <laughs> or were you like peace out you dumb bitches well it was at a time where i enjoyed reading so my only friends were books <laughs> <laughs> books they're my best friends um it's like berenstein bears you'll yeah, never be <laughs> basically i was raised by jewish bears that's where i learned all of my morals were they jewish yeah they had to be jewish the they're bears. berenstein right yeah, Berenstein's are Jews. <laughs> <laughs> the books were like, move the capital to Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> the Avengers of the Berenstein Bears. <laughs>
So you didn't have friends? At that age? I mean, like, we all played Ninja Turtles and okay. stuff. I mean, it wasn't, like, deep bonds. It's, you know, kid bonds where you're like, hey, you look my size. Do you well, want to play? And that would be it. Well, for me, I moved around a lot of schools. And every okay. time I made friends, I was always sad when my I had to go to a new school. So, right. oh, I just made all those friends. That sucks, So man. hard. Yeah. And I have to meet a bunch of strangers who I don't know if they like Jewish bears. <laughs> <laughs> But for you, it was an easy transition. It's like, I, I'm not going to get close to you. No, <laughs> like I, they told me that, and I just walked out of that offense like, I knew I was better. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the only thing that was holding me back was my eyesight. The second I got my glasses, y'all were fucked. You just kicked out the doors like, just find a trait. <laughs> That's all you guys are good for. <laughs> Do you remember going into the smart kids class? Did um, you know you were going into a smart kids class? I, were your parents bigging you up? It's like, listen, you're better than those peasants, but here you have to work hard. No, they just told me, they're like, you're moving to a class that's going to be harder and you still have to get A's. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, this, this third grade, there's no A's. That's not how it works. That's what they told me. I mean, other than that, it was just, just school, but it was just more reading, but I liked reading. Okay. But you were moving up from Jewish bears, though. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Hardy Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, two Christian blonde-haired boys solving mysteries. Uh, I thought they were fighting the Dudley Boys. <laughs> <laughs> the Hardy Boys yeah, at the yeah, table yeah. ladders and chairs <laughs> adventures. <laughs> so, parent-teacher conference, what did you think of that scene? I, I it. thought it was, I don't know what to do for the, for Lottie. You know what I mean? Like Lottie doesn't know, I mean, wherever you put her, she'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like, as a parent, I, I have to imagine like, it's really hard to be like, okay, I have to invest in this person because, you know, they have potential. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be horrible to, to know in the back of your mind that if your child can achieve more and you can't give it to them, then mm-hmm. everything that happens in their life could potentially be your fault. Yeah, because you didn't provide either a loving environment right. or the money in which to put her into a... A better... Like, a you better just situation. didn't put her into the environment yeah. that she could properly thrive. Yeah, you're just going to leave her into a shitty situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of so, your fault. I, I mean, it makes sense why um, Van wants to move back with her mom. After they put her in the car and they were discussing that, she's like, oh, I was figured Lottie was going to be advanced. Because mm-hmm. Ern's smart. Right. And then Ern's like, you're smart too. If your kid comes out advanced, is it all you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you going to like, yeah, I knew reading those Jewish bears would pay off. <laughs> <laughs> That's hereditary. <laughs> you're Jewish like your mom and you're hairy like your dad. That's, that's how this that's works. That's an awful combination. <laughs> you have to put her in a smart school, otherwise public school will eat her alive. <laughs> Speaking of which, public school or private school? I don't know. I don't know. Or man. charter school. Homeschool. Or, yeah, homeschool. homeschool. No, no, I was kidding. Uh, probably private school. Ooh, luxurious. No. Or I, boarding honestly, school. Honestly, it's, it's probably going to be public school. Public boarding school? No, <laughs> public. Bo- that's just day school, <laughs> which is school. Public school, really? Yeah. Why? I kind of want to put them in public school. Well, a lot of the public schools here are. I think it's important to know what it's like to be in a bad school. Interesting. I was reading something earlier today. I think it was a meme. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that said, uh, white people prepare their kids for success, whereas mm-hmm. people of color prepare their kids for struggles. Oh, interesting. So putting them in a public school, you are essentially preparing them for struggles because you grew up in an environment where it's like life is hard. You're gonna, you need to build the strength to endure that. Yeah. Whereas maybe white people, and this is, of course, white people who are well off. There's plenty of poor white people who struggle. Right. They're putting their kids in environments where they can succeed, and that's why they're a little bit more sheltered, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I see. So knowing that, are you still going to prepare your child for success or struggle? Mm. And can there be a situation where it's both, where you put them in private school, but when you when they get home, you bully them? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important for kids to get bullied. Is it better to like take them to a private school and then like have after school activities like karate or something where they mix in with, I guess, not rich people or vice versa, where you put them in public school and then after school you have them take water polo? I, I think that, it's that's a really, rich person sport, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it really depends on the the level of school that you have around you you know what I mean like if wherever you live the school is good Mm -hmm. then put them there and then you can control the extracurriculars and then try to make them more well-rounded that way whereas if they go to a really good school then I feel like after school they don't really want to do anything or you can put them in a private school and let everybody know how poor your kid is and that way they'll (laughs) struggle (laughs) because it's the upper class the elites who are looking down I don't know if you want them. your kid bullied by rich kids. Do you think it's better to get bullied by rich kids or poor kids? Uh, good question. Because Which, rich kids have money, so not only will they make fun of you to your face, but they'll do it. I feel, like you'll be made fun of in 4K. Here's the thing. When you're poor, uh-huh. and I only know poverty, Sure. you want things to keep up with the Joneses. Okay. And certain things are a little bit more attainable, like the episode in Atlanta, the previous mm-hmm. one, where Earn gets a FUBU jersey. Mm-hmm. I can get my kid like something like that. But if you're in a rich school where everybody has BMWs yeah. and Gucci, mm-hmm. how are you going to get your kids those things to keep them from being made fun of? Oh, I see. So it's, again, economics. But do you want them not to be made fun of? I figure my child will have a smart mouth and know how to navigate those things. And that mouth is going to be too smart where they're going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an important balance to learn. To get your ass kicked? Sure. Yeah. It's, I think it's either that or if you have a large mouth, how to become friends with people who are bigger than you. Yeah. Who find, who like you. Is that what you did? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the biggest friend you had? How uh, big was this person? He's six, four, Damn. 20. That's pretty solid. Yeah. He was not. He's a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) Slash bodyguard. (laughs) Next, I think Ern goes back home and he was helping Alfred and Darius pack up to go to a European tour. Yeah. And then I think afterwards they go to an entertainment lawyer's office because they needed their services and the entertainment lawyer was black and he represented lower tier clientels and and you say that because of oh because he named his clientele off right yeah yeah it's yeah. like, it was like know, reality love and stars yeah, yeah reality yeah. star lower echelon rappers like soundcloud rappers yeah and then al wanted a jewish lawyer right and he's like get on that and then 
fast forward to a scene where they're at a place because who was it? Darius he didn't have a his passport yeah his was passport expired. expired and they went to a passport like ex, like an acceleration service where yeah. it's like you can turn around and get your passport in one day when it's expired yeah and, and everybody that was running it was Jewish yeah it was so Jewish. they just knew how to do it yeah I don't know if that's true or they're just doing that to well I mean the entertainment the entertainment lawyer thing was interesting because he asked yeah he asked the if, guy straight up. It's like, hey, is there a black lawyer who's as good as your cousin? The cousin being a Jewish lawyer. Yeah. And uh, the clerk. clerk yeah. He's like, there are, definitely, but um, he's not going to have the same connections as my cousin because of systemic reasons. Yeah. Knowing that, would you hire an Indian entertainment lawyer or go Jewish and have the connections? Would you build up your people or build up your success? I would build up my success. <laughs> what would you do, David? My people all the way. I would get to a certain point and then pivot. Because I've seen... How do you break off that relationship, though? I don't know. And I'm going to give a... I a, feel like you don't. You what? I feel like if you go with uh, a certain... If, say, you get a, like a Jewish entertainment lawyer, sure. right? Yeah. And he does fantastic work for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep that relationship. You say, I'm going to pivot. But you're not. I think it depends on who you want to take that position and what your role want, what you want your role to be after a certain point. And I'm I say saying, this, I'm going to give you an example. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a really famous, well-known comedian called Russell Peters. Uh-huh. And he has, within interviews over the last couple of years, for quite a long time, because when he blew up in 2003, mm-hmm. something like that, and he's like consistently been like the biggest or biggest comic in the world. Mm-hmm. Definitely internationally, but the thing is, he can't break in the states, and I am one hundred percent convinced it's because his brother is his manager, <laughs> or maybe he's just ugly. I feel like you want it both ways. I feel like you want to help Ask. your people, but you know where the money is. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So yeah, you just want it both ways. Yeah, I guess so. So here's here's what, how I was thinking about it in my head. And it was more of like a manager perspective. Uh-huh. It's like I would have rather have somebody who's within the entertainment industry and knows what they're doing. Uh-huh. And then after a certain point, if all I want to do is just do stand-up gigs, uh-huh. and if my brother wants to be my manager, then sure. Uh-huh. That's it. But what if your lawyer can get you better stand-up gigs? It's just it's But like, hard. why would you at a certain point uh, make that pivot? Because why would the Jewish lawyer stop making relationships and stop making connections to best suit you? As opposed to somebody who is going to be struggling to make those connections for yeah. systemic reasons. I So, like, you'll never achieve the uh, kind of success, you know? It's like you're stuck in the bad school. Do you hire a, a Jewish lawyer who has connections? Or do you hire someone who is as qualified, but he doesn't have the connections? But then if he doesn't have the connections, he's not as qualified. Well, whatever that, they that meant, part, part whatever the he meant about, well, no, you can be like a good attorney, but just not have connections. Again, I feel like you just want it both ways. Yeah. I but know. in your heart, you know, in you're my just heart, gonna... what's really going to happen is I don't give a shit about anybody else yes. except my success. See, so that's all that matters. You, that's all that matters. Why can't you just go out and just because... say that up front? Why do you always want it both ways? <laughs> What would you do? I already told you. I'll just suffer. <laughs> I'll just suffer. Uh, setback, setback. Setback after setback to help my people. Because <clears throat> at the end of the day, the community is all you have. <laughs> you got to understand loyalty, all right, within, I guess, the Vietnamese community. Like, 
America will love you only so far as you can entertain them. But the community will always support you. I don't know how ruthless the Indian community is. Maybe you guys are more based on a merit system. Say, so, oh, he's not hot anymore. Get him out of here. That's basically how it is. I feel like you're making that up. <laughs> <laughs> the only really thing that I can compare that to is like Indian stars. And it's just like once they're loyal, they're loyal. Like they won't believe in you until you make it. Yeah. And then once you make it, they love you forever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying about the Asian community or the Vietnamese one anyways. I, le- I know whatever happens to me, I'll always have that community to fall back on. Mm. So that's why I feel the need to support them. But I know you. It's like the any community was never mine to begin with. <laughs> Y'all never accepted me, so fuck you all. <laughs> you <Yeah>, hairy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> then they go to the airport. They go through the TSA. Mm-hmm. Ern finds that he has a gun in his bag. Yep. And he takes a moment to think. And then he asks for a bin. We presume he puts the gun in a bin. And then they go through the TSA, no problem. No, he puts it in Clark, Clark County. Yes, bag. but th- we don't know that until after. Oh. And then Al has a heart-to-heart with Ern saying that he saw what Ern... Wait, by the way, if you guys haven't seen Atlanta, you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, go watch Atlanta season two, all of it. But anyways, uh, he says that um, he saw what Ern did mm-hmm. and he respects his... Drive for survival. Okay. I think what Al has been waiting for was to see that because Al is feeling his own kind of mortality. Yeah. I mean, if you rewatch any of the first episodes, like, Ern is hungry in the beginning because he doesn't have a place to live. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get over whatever happened in Princeton and just make something of himself. Mm -hmm. It's like the one thing that is consistent throughout all the seasons is that he keeps saying that he doesn't want a handout. Mm -hmm. But it's clear within this last season, within Robbing season, that he's lost whatever motivation that he's had. And I think uh, Darius said it best where it's like, you know, you're allowed to fuck up. Mm -hmm. But both of you can't fuck. Like you can't, like a part of learning is failure, but you're not allowed to fail Paperboy as well. Right, like, fuck up your life. Don't yeah, fuck don't up fuck other up people's life. Yeah. Don't fuck up their money. And that's what Ern keeps doing. He keeps yeah. putting Paperboy in stupid situations. Yeah. And so Ern finally put himself in a kind of winning situation. And he's throwing somebody under the bus. Yeah. Which, I guess, that's the whole point of Robin season is uh, the episode's titled Crabs in a Barrel. Yeah. And that's what they do. It's you... Step on other people's shoulders to get to the top. And then if you see somebody ahead of you, you pull them down. You pull them down. Just like in that FUBU episode where <laughs> like some poor kid got, <laughs> I guess they both wore fake FUBU shirts. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Ern wore the fake one. and then yeah, yeah. But he was able to pass off as the other kid wearing the fake one. The kid committed suicide. And it's like, oh, well. Yeah. That's what happens. Emron, how ruthless are you going to be in your life? What do you mean? How ruthless. Or do you have that crab in a barrel mentality? No, I think Tiomaru discussed this with you. It's like, do you have that in you to just step on somebody's neck in order for you to succeed? I don't think so. Okay. Not anymore. Not anymore. What happened? I got old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got soft, man. I started thinking about feelings and shit. 
Oh, other people's feelings? Yeah. Well, if you asked me at 21, I wouldn't have cared. Do you understand that no one cares about your feelings? Yeah. And you're okay with still having compassion for other people? Yeah, because I have to live with myself. What if living with yourself means living in unrealized potential? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I can't wait till I can stop <laughs> Child of an immigrant, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive, Emra. Yeah. Can't be nice. You can't be nice. But you can also not be nice. Because <laughs> they don't care about you. No one yeah, cares you about could be, you. Uh, you could be Clark County at the end. It's just self-preservation. Yeah, that's all it is. It's self-preservation mm-hmm. at the expense of everybody else. Yeah. It's like, I say, yes, I'm going to support the Vietnamese community. Am I going to abandon them the first chance I get? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I, I, I was just I? watching you fucking lie through your teeth, but I was like, all right. No, like, that's my initial. It's like, yeah, I'm going to give you a chance. And then as soon as they fuck up, it's like, well, back to the lawyer. Because <laughs> I want to fuck up along the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that much is evident. It's like, well, try to help my people, but they did not come through. So what am I going to do? Keep struggling for the rest of my life? Can't do it. Yeah. Can't. But you... You're going to be okay, I guess. Very I'm, disappointed in I'm you, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be nice. So disappointed. And it's going to be great. I don't think it's going to be great, but great in terms of, I guess, your conscience. Do you need good sleep at night? I think there's like AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could just, if you just commit take, genocide, but use Zquil, you'll be fine. Well, you can be like uh, Thanos. Yeah. He seemed very satisfied by what he did. As long as I agree with my actions, as uh-huh. long as I can justify my actions to myself, uh huh, then I can sleep at night. But you feel like you would suffer guilt? If I did something wrong? Yeah. Wrong quotes. <laughs> Is it wrong <laughs> to survive, Emron? I think it's wrong to... Is it wrong to steal a loaf of bread to feed your starving family? No. Of course not. But what if instead of your family, your family is your comedy career? And instead of stealing a piece of bread, mm-hmm. you're framing somebody for <laughs> terrorism. <From> <laughs> Just so I could have the spot? Yeah. What if I'm framing Aziz Ansari for sexual uh, harassment? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can get my spot to shine. Yeah, exactly. Is that wrong? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, when you think about it, the answer is no. It's the right <laughs> thing to do. Because at the end of the day, nobody really cares about you is but you, right? And so as long as you're doing fine, then you sleep the best. I mean, people will care about you for a minute. You get a lot of Instagram likes. Isn't that nice? No. I mean, unless you can roll your Instagram likes into a... That's what I'm talking about. ...paid sponsorship. You don't like your Instagram likes? They're nice. Yeah. I I would rather get Instagram money. Final thoughts on Atlanta season finale? Uh, I was reading a couple articles. Do you think it's the end of the show? Mm, is there anything that would suggest that? Like, has Donald Glover said anything? Donald Glover has remained silent. Oh, then I think there might be one more season. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't get the impression that that was going to be the last episode. But if he said that's the last episode, then that's cool too. But he could just be going on a hiatus. Donald Glover is at a position right now where was I talking to you about this? Where he can do whatever the fuck he wants? Yeah. That was you? No, no, you weren't talking to me about this, but I agree with that point. He okay, can, He yeah. can do whatever the fuck he wants right yeah. now. Yeah, he's at the height of his creative... I mean, maybe he has newer heights. I don't know. Like, Donald Glover can do anything except be Spider-Man. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I think that's what drives him every day. It's like, you, I can't just, be Spider-Man. Be... Well, watch this. Watch me be poignant and introspective and a voice for the black community and wildly entertaining and a great singer. And Mufasa's... No, and Simba. Yeah, and yeah and Simba. I, I'm going to be Simba. But and hot. Solo. Yeah. Well, no, wait, not Solo. Or whatever the fuck his name is. Kando. Uh, Lando? Lando. <laughs> Lando. Yeah, I got I got his first and his last name swapped. Candelarisian. Yeah. I'm I think the next move is depending on how Solo does. Yeah. Lando Calrissian gets his own spin-off movie. I can see that. And then he gets to be the space cowboy. But that's still not Spider-Man. I think sometimes with people, yeah. you're just affected by certain things. And wanting something so badly and having someone tell you that you can't have it despite the fact that people want you to have it. Right. And there's support for you and you know you'd be good at it. But having life tell you, it's like, sorry, this is just not meant for you, eats away at you. And all the success in the world may never fill that void. I know. I also see the president. What do you mean? I feel like Trump is the exact same way. And what do you think he is missing in his life? I think he thinks that he should have done better. I, I don't think he's happy with himself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's... Like, he's accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, all bullshit aside. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's accomplished what he thought he was going to accomplish. His insecurity makes me believe that he thinks he's a failure. What do you think he's insecure about? His hair, for one. Um... And I think for the simple fact that, like, when you hear a lot of his interviews, he keeps proclaiming about how smart he is Mm -hmm. over and over again, which leads me to believe that he thinks he's dumb. Do you think it's not that he isn't smart, but people don't give him the credit for being smart? Or whatever the credit that he believes he deserves. Mm. I don't think he gets that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I see how he operates. Mm -hmm. Is like, this is a guy who wants, all he wants is people to stop making fun of him and call him smart. I never got that impression from him. Really? Yeah. Huh. I just got like, oh, this guy's a megalomania. Like, he loves him some him. I, I still think he's very insecure about his intellect. Possibly. Yeah. I don't think so. I think he believes he's a very smart guy. The fact that he keeps bringing it up over and over again leads me to believe that I think he's trying to get himself to believe it. Possibly. I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist. But I never got the impression that he was trying to fill some kind of void. I did have a question for you. Um, so Donald Glover is getting heat right now. Yes. Because he has a girlfriend who is white and has two children with her. Mm-hmm. And so right now, like, there's a lot of stuff that's going around saying that having a white girlfriend contradicts the blackness of his heart. His art or his heart? His art. Okay. His art. Um, that you can't preach blackness and unity while procreating white. Well... Those kids are black. 1% rule, as you taught me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the argument that's being thrown at Donald, not okay. his children. Uh-huh. And let's say if it was like some sort of Vietnamese issue, do you think that your opinion is worth less or has, to, has an asterisk next to it because you're not with a Vietnamese girl? No, if anything, it's worth more. Okay. Because I'm not with a Vietnamese girl because Asian masculinity has been assassinated. But you don't think that you being in an interracial or mixed relationship means that you haven't chose to stay with your community fully? 
No, because my counter to that would be I gave my community the opportunity <laughs> <laughs> to support me, and they failed me. So I wanted to love you guys so much, but if I'm gonna go be Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Someone asked me to be Spider-Man so What am I going to do? Not be Spider-Man? Yeah. Does that analogy make sense? I don't think it does <laughs> I can understand that sentiment uh, If you're preaching black unity yeah. You want to see like a strong front Right Is that what people are trying to get at? I think it's like so like two black right. people together I think that's why people love Beyonce and Jay-Z as much As they do One of the reasons too Because mm-hmm. neither of them Well there is an idea that um, black men, once they get on, they leave black women for white women. Right. For whatever reason. Success, something, something. Whatever. I don't know. I'm not too versed in it. Mm-hmm. There is no... Um, it's not the same for Asian men. It's not... Well, maybe it is. It's like once you get on, you leave Asian women for white women to fulfill that kind of um, insecurity. If... Asian masculinity is disrespected. You get a white woman to go like, look, look what I'm able to do. I got oh, me a white girl. Okay. It's like, so my masculinity is present. There's that idea. Okay. I mean, isn't that what you did? <laughs> I was waiting for that cheap shot. I don't agree with that at all. I, I, cause at the end of the day, like his experiences don't change based off of who he's with or his history. They could. They could moving forward, but not from that period. It's just like everything to who he is or who you are is how you were brought up. What if up. his white baby mom was like, hey, go make a great uh, music video called This Is America. You don't know the influence she had in his ear? Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I don't think that's <laughs> but the you situation spoke very at all. confidently that's like, oh, his black experience hasn't been modified no, by being you know with what? a I white can't, woman. You know what? I can't say that at all. I can only exactly. speak for myself. Okay. And here's what I'm saying is like nothing changes the fact that I am Muslim. You know what I mean? You like, were Muslim? No. I Well, it's, it doesn't matter. To the TSA, <laughs> it doesn't matter. To the government, it doesn't matter. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. Yeah. All yeah, I'm saying experience. is my experiences are based off of how I'm treated. Mm-hmm. And the way that I look mm-hmm. is a big influencer on how I am treated. You don't think you're the way you people look at you? Isn't changed when you walk down the street with a white woman? No, I think it does. Go in the Midwest and walk around with your white woman. Fair. See, I, see I haven't that... gone to the Midwest. Okay. Then is it maybe you're just living in a barrier Bay Area bubble? It may be. It mm-hmm. might be. But I don't feel like, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm still brown, and that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. And so it's like my thought process and what makes me. You don't who think I am Indian women look at you change. with a white woman and feel a certain kind of way? I don't... Because that's, that, that's a different experience as opposed to if you were with a brown woman. That doesn't change how I get treated or mistreated I think everywhere. it does. Yeah, like right now, I just took a cheap shot at you. Yeah. I couldn't do that if you were dating a brown woman. <laughs> so it does affect how you're treated. And not in my day-to-day. Like, this is like once you get to know me and you're giving me shit, this is fine. But mm-hmm. it's just like when I'm in the airport, nothing changes. Well, you're talking about like your day-to-day experience, but it... I'm saying that being in an interracial relationship fundamentally does change your experience. So you're saying that you're not as Vietnamese as you were before you met your girlfriend? 
Fair question. So I would say if I was dating a Vietnamese woman, mm-hmm. yes, you are correct. In, you know what? So when you're dating someone of your same race, you can explore your culture deeper. Sure. So there is a possibility that I could be more Vietnamese than if I were dating a Vietnamese woman. So you're. So it's not that. I'm, but does that mean you're less, or that you would just be more? Because that's that's what I think the problem is. It's the way that think, they phrase it. Yeah. They make so it I seem like you're less, and I'm like, that's that's not the same. Depends on how you want to view the cup. Is it half full or is it half empty? It's not full. Yeah, it's not full. Yeah. So, is it? It could be topped off more if you were dating someone of your own race. But, you know, you can still look at it and say, oh, but it's still half full. And they're like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm trying to make it, dog. (laughs) (laughs) I think it can have an effect. Okay. Because, you know, say... Because your kids will definitely be less Vietnamese than you. Because they're growing up in a not 100% Vietnamese household. They pick up on whatever is around them. So if... I would say it's not that they're going to be less Vietnamese, they're just going to be blacker than I am. They're going to be a product of two cultures. So, doesn't mean you can't have... You, I think with your science backgrounds, it's you're fixated on this idea that two things can't occupy one space. Because physically, that's impossible. But I think mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it can be. So I think my kid can absolutely be 100% Vietnamese and 100% black. Yeah, but they're when you're in a household that is of two cultures, mm-hmm. they can they're going to have both. Yes. But they will pick one. Why? Because they have an option. That's, why can't they pick both? Because that's not how people work. You know what I mean? Like if no, you have, I, no, I really no, no, don't. No, no, no. If you if you grow up in a 100% Vietnamese household, mm-hmm. then all they're going to know is Vietnamese mm-hmm. stuff. Her being there, your girlfriend, mm-hmm. and having her influence of like what her parents taught her how to do something. Mm-hmm. If let's say like you're not around for let's just distill it to something basic. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let's just pretend like you guys tie shoes differently. Okay? Just pretend. Um, if you're not there when mm-hmm. the kids are there trying to learn and they're going to learn her method, mm-hmm. and then you come and you showcase your method, they might learn it, but because they learned another method first, that's what they're going to go with as their default. They could have a preference, but they don't have to choose. They say, hey, maybe this day I feel like tying my shoes this way, and this day I feel I like tying my shoes this way, or maybe they can learn a third way to tie a shoe. Yeah, or they could just stick to one. And if it's not yours... But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be less Vietnamese or less black. I agree with that. But <laughs> the community, like no, the community won't. Well, now we're talking about the community, which is something different. It's all, but the Vietnamese, how you raise your kid in your house is, mm-hmm. is a reflection on how they will be treated within the community. It's all interconnected. Okay, well, then when you said that, you know, walking around down the street with a white woman and how the community views you, you sure. say that has nothing to do with me. Fair. So yeah, if I went to an all Indian, but yeah, if I go to a place that's like a like a mosque, mm-hmm. then yeah, I will be looked at differently. Because you brought a Jewish person to a mosque. <laughs> In terms of identity, yeah, I'm very confident that two identities can occupy one space. So they can be 100% black, okay, 100% Vietnamese. I I reject this idea that 
it's 50-50. Okay. I know what you're saying. I don't think it's never going to be 50-50 is my whole point. Is they're going to be influenced by one or the other? No, you're going to be influenced by both. Yeah, they're going to be like influenced in- by both, but they're going to pick one because that's the whole point of like being a first generation American mm-hmm. is like we are influenced by the culture in our house. Mm-hmm. We are also influenced by the culture on our TV okay. and those around us. And so there are some things that we do that are uh, whatever our parents are. And then there's some things that we do that are American. Mm-hmm. That's just that's how we are. And but I mean, that, does that make you less Indian or less compared American? to a person from straight from India? Yeah, I, I don't think so. You don't think you're, you think a person fresh off the boat from Vietnam and you are exactly the same. Yes. In terms of Vietnamese. Yes. I, cause I, I don't agree with that at all. Cause I, I can, I can only say for myself, but yeah, a person who comes straight from India and me mm-hmm. are different. We have different viewpoints. We look at things differently just based off of, well, you know, the household you can that we break that down in. within Indian self. You think every Indian person has the same viewpoint in India? No, but I would say that just due to environmental circumstances, they will behave in a certain way as opposed to here. So then what, so like, so an Indian person in the North has certain behaviors and uh, viewpoints Mm -hmm. as opposed to someone in the center, as opposed to someone in the South, Mm -hmm. as opposed to someone in America. Okay. Regardless, you're still Indian. But I'm saying culturally, because of what you were saying about how steeped you are within your culture, Mm -hmm. people who grow up in in the motherland mm-hmm. are way more immersed. Well, in, you're, you're placing in Indian culture, you're placing greater value in the motherland. No. So my thing is you're saying that when you have a child mm-hmm. that's in a two household mm-hmm. of two different people, that they will be exactly as Vietnamese as a person who comes from Vietnam. No, I'm saying they're still going to be 100% Vietnamese. Yeah. But culturally, what will your kid's going to be an amalgamation? Yes, but that amalgamation is one hundred percent Vietnamese. Again, you like you have a very hard time with this idea that you know they can't be multiple things all at the same time. Yeah, because, because I'm Asian, right. I'm American, yeah. I'm Asian American, all at the same time, all the time. Okay. So someone who say is coming from Vietnam wants to check my Vietnamese-ness. Yeah. Mentally, like uh. I'm too emboldened in my identity to ever even consider myself anything less. Got it. And you want to, I know what you're saying in that the community can check somebody's yeah, yeah. I mean, or whatever. It's you being strong enough to go, that's bullshit, but you will get checked is what I'm saying. Yeah. And my child will be strong enough mentally to overcome that. I, I feel like your culture, it transcends location all right you okay. can't take somebody's culture away from them now someone who lives in vietnam may have a sh- whatever claim to be like oh i'm more vietnamese than you sure. it's like but you're not okay based on what because my little brother he's going through this phase right now where he went to vietnam he reads it he writes it mm-hmm. and so he walks around as if he's somehow more vietnamese than i am okay but based on what like he's just been doing that for two or three years so like if but you're can, ba- you, can you read and write the language as no, well? No, but like here's the thing. Someone in Vietnam who's blind and can't read or is illiterate, how does that make them more Vietnamese than me? I would agree that maybe your brother's not more Vietnamese, but he's more in touch because he can read and write 
a language mm-hmm. that is of there than someone who is not. Well, you're putting certain qualifiers into what makes a person Vietnamese. And once you start listing these qualifiers, you'll quickly realize how that's all bullshit. So what does being Vietnamese mean to you? Is it a mental thing? I think Can, it's a mental thing. So could somebody who's, I think it's who's just, ethnically not Vietnamese then just be Vietnamese? No, I think there's a certain, uh, you have to have blood, right? I think that's very important. Your parents have to be Vietnamese. And it's not like, you know, what's it called? It's not like Harry Potter where you can just like spontaneously okay. have wizard powers. What percentage of this person needs to be Vietnamese for you to claim them as Vietnamese? I think could it, it be like ten percent. It could be like two percent Vietnamese, and they be like, "I'm Vietnamese now." Well, I feel like if you have blood right from Vietnam mm-hmm. and you immerse yourself in the culture, or mm-hmm. like you have an appreciation for your culture, you can sure. claim whatever you want. So there's a comedian uh, who's like a quarter Japanese, okay, but because he doesn't present himself as Japanese. He doesn't seem to give a fuck about Japanese. Yeah. People view him as white. Yeah. And that's all on his kind of perception. But we don't know in his heart how he feels about his Japanese-ness. He, for all I know, he can be 100% Japanese. But the way it's displayed, you don't really get that sense. So if, say, you only have a grandmother who's Vietnamese and you're like three-fourths white, mm-hmm. right? Just based off of, like, you know, your parents are both white and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But if you have that connection to your grandmother and then you have an appreciation for the culture and you want to present yourself yeah. as Japanese or whatever, then I personally will respect that. Okay. But, like, if somebody wants to come in and check that person, it's like, oh, well, you don't do this and you don't do that. You can always find somebody who doesn't do certain things as okay. qualifiers. Like, you know, you're, for whatever reason, you said you never felt in touch with the Indian community mainly because you didn't fuck with Bollywood. Is Bollywood the only qualifier to being Indian? What about Indian people who are so poor they don't have television or exposure to media? Are they any less Indian? What about all your grandparents who came before them, who were before Bollywood was even invented? Do, does that make them also not Indian? I'm going to say this. I think your brother's more Vietnamese than you because he can read and speak the language. I don't. I, I think the more that you steep within your culture, the more that culture defines you. Well, first off, it's, I can speak the language. Okay. It's just he speaks it better. Sure. But again, that goes to uh, my further, my previous point. So what, how do you, what do you say to a Vietnamese person who's illiterate in Vietnam? They can't read or write they, either. Yeah, but that's by, that's not by choice. Do you understand what I mean? Like if you have the ability and the capability to learn the language from where you're from and then read and then speak it, that means you're more in tuned with that culture not necessarily i mean i know what you're saying and there's a like, point to that i, but I, I think it's incomplete youth i know it's dangerous to put qualifiers to put it on and my my thing is like at the end of the day if you are something you are that that's pure that's done you know mm-hmm. what i mean you are vietnamese i am indian that's the end of the story I mean, but like you had a but, qualifier but then now you have a qualifier for that qualifier yeah and that's i mean ultimately that's what's going to happen it's like there will be like a person to me who lives in India and breeds India and only consumes Indian culture. And that's what they're all about to me Mm -hmm. is somebody who 
is Indian. Okay, so say so you... there, but there are different degrees of that, and that's what I'm saying. All it's right, like so... you can't pretend. I don't want to sit here and pretend that I am the most Indian person on the planet because I know there's somebody who is like completely steeped in what that I country think that's is the about. Silliest thing. I I, don't... I think that's uh, uh, your insecurity about not being Indian enough. I don't think so, man. If I you, really do. If you, I mean, we need to get more people on here. We can ask people to hit us up on Twitter, but it's not going to happen. But if you believe that being more in touch with the culture by reading and writing and knowing that makes you more of something, hit one of us up on Twitter at David Nguyen and Amber on the G because we're going to keep going in circles here. No, I'm right. Amber's wrong. Just tweet that. (laughs) It's way easier because at the end of the day, all this is more or less arbitrary and you're just placing one something with more meaning than something else wait what why would you get on this uh it was basically for donald glover <laughs> <laughs> all right go watch atlanta yeah go yell at emron for being wrong at emron the g or yell at david because he's wrong all right peace at david Nguyen, go see the bad asian show every second tuesday of the month yeah d- do that